Haitians are, is they're, they're a real honor. They're a real, you, you've been selected. Many haven't, but you have. And so you've been invited. You've, you've been included. Again, for a wedding, there's, not everyone can be included in the celebration of a wedding. And yet, so with that invitation, you've been, it's, it's a special thing, and you've been included to it. And it also highlights, when we talk about invitation, there's an incredible component of it that, that the person can send out the invitation, but you as the recipient have a very, very powerful and important role, and that is whether you accept the invitation or you decline it. And so this morning and over the next few Sundays, we're going to be looking at um, Jesus and how he extends his invitation to us. So if you've got a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, we're going to head over to Matthew 11. And, and look at one of the first, or look at one of the invitations that Jesus extends to us as his people. Um, a little bit of a context here in Matthew, Matthew 11, right toward the end is what we're going to read. But it's basically at the point where Jesus has sent out his, his disciples, the 12 disciples. He sent them out into the surrounding towns and villages to basically do the stuff they've seen him do. It's kind of their first, it's Jesus' first thing as a leader, like, oh man, I hope this is going to go well. Oh, here we go. Because he's sending them out. Um, and, and while he's doing that, John's, um, John the Baptist, his disciples are hearing it, seeing all of the things that Jesus has said and done. And some of John's disciples send message to Jesus and say, John, who's in prison, who we know will later um, be martyred for his faith, John sends a message to Jesus and he asks him this question, are you the one that we have been waiting for? Are you the Messiah, or should we keep looking for someone else? This isn't part of my message, and I don't even have it written down, but I feel like this morning, like there are some people here that genuinely need to send a message to Jesus and say, are you the one? Like, I think we are so, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit, I think we're so afraid of our questions and of our doubt, and when we don't examine our questions and our doubt, they, they are left to have a life of their own. But when we do examine them, when we take our doubts and our questions, and we go to Jesus, who isn't afraid of our doubt and our questions, and we say, Jesus, are you really the one like, are you, are you the one that I can put my life and my faith in, my hope in? Or is there something else? I encourage you to do that. I mean, it's in, it's in Scripture. There's nothing, unfaith, there's nothing unfaithful about that. In fact, it's one of the most faithful things you can do is bring your questions and doubt to Jesus and ask him, are you really who you say you are? You got that one for free. And Jesus' answer, it's, it's fascinating as we do the backdrop to this. Jesus' answer is, you go tell John. So he's, this is Jesus' answer to John's disciples. He's saying, you go tell them what you've heard and what you've seen. You've seen the blind see. You've seen the lame walk. Those with leprosy are, are, have been cured. Those who are deaf can hear. 
And the very dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. That's Jesus' answer to, our, to the question of, are you really who, who you say you are? And so here we come to the invitation. The invitation then, and I think the invitation to all of us today. And Jesus says, So come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burdens, and the burdens I give you are light. Many of you who have been around Eugene Peterson very famously in his translation of Scripture says it partially this way, Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus' invitation um, here to us is actually an echo of, of a much older, much, a much sort of previous in Scripture um, echo that, that I'd like for us to look at. So if you, again, if you've got your Bible, go back to Jeremiah um, 6, verse 16. And I'm going to kind of use both of these together. You'll see the connection. Is Jeremiah 6.16 says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. And then again, thinking of the importance of our invitation and the power we have when we've been invited. The script in Jeremiah says, but you've replied, no, that's not the road we want. So there is that, there is that again, that choice we're given to follow. You know, I've become less and less comfortable with this time of year when, when I see, I saw on Facebook from, a, from a, someone I knew um, back in the States, this great big sort of, um, well, they called it a prophecy. You can judge my doubt in, in it all. But um, that, that 2023 is going to be this fantastic year, and, it, and it's going to be, um, you know, you're going to do whatever you want. You're going to eat whatever you want, and you're going to lose weight and become more ripped and fit. You're, everything you touch is going to turn to gold. All of your relationships are going to be easy and fulfilling and wonderful. And maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy as I scream toward 50, but I think, what a load of rubbish. But one thing, I think, when we come to a new year, a new calendar year, one thing it does do is it serves us as a point of a crossroad. It's a point in time when very few of us throughout the year are, are stopping and looking around. There's something about this new year that we can actually can serve us well as we pause and we look around and see what's going on. We have the opportunity to stop and to look. 
I love, and we can do that as followers of Jesus, as people, whether you're here this morning and you haven't and you're not quite sure, or if you have and you've, and you've dedicated your life and you've committed to your life to following this person called Jesus, um, we have that opportunity to pause and to respond to his invitation. And I love the definition that Pope, Pope um, Benedict XVI, he's the Pope that just um, died the very last day of 2022. He said, being a Christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea, but rather it is the encounter with an event and a person which gives our life a new horizon and a decisive direction. That person is Jesus. That event is the cross and the empty tomb. I love that. My problem with, with, as I said, is so many of the kind of, this is what my new year is going to be like. And I was kind of heartened. I read an article. I'm sounding like a grumpy old man. But I read an article in the Herald, which it's got to be true then, but um, that um, how, <laughs> how the general decline of people who have a headspace or a heart space or a willingness to make New Year's resolutions. And I, and I don't necessarily think that's, that's a bad thing because, because at the end of the day, so much of those things, actually the fruit of it ends up being real disappointment. You know, if you, if you tell yourself that this is going to be the year that, that everything goes well and it's all going to happen and you'll be able to eat all the Krispy Kreme donuts you want and still fit into those tight pants, you know, you're going you're gonna to miss out. It's gonna be, you're gonna, there's going to be a really hard reality at some point. And so, and, and so for so many of us as followers of Jesus, which I'd love to, for us to stop, is so much of the disappointment and disillusionment that we see within the church and we see among our, ourselves as followers of Jesus is the, is the heresy that, of the prosperity doctrine, that come to Jesus and your life will be sweet. Do you know? Like come to Jesus and you won't have any hardship. Come to Jesus and, and everything will go well with you. And we say, of course we don't believe that. But I think we do. I think so much, or we want to anyway. We kind of think, so not many of us think, come to Jesus and my life will have more problems and have more struggles than if I didn't. And yet so much of our Christian history and our heritage is you choose the way of Jesus, you choose a way of hardship, of struggle, of, of death, of torture, of, of less. Great New Year's message, Lyndon. Like, what sort of summer has he had? Wow, like... But that's where we, we misinterpret that Matthew scripture of come to me and you're going to have an easy life. Well, that's, a, that's a tragic misinterpretation of what Jesus' invitation is. And we get disillusioned and, and, it, and it causes us to fall away from the very thing that he has for us when we interpret it that way. That's not what come to me means. Jesus isn't inviting us into an easy life. Henry Nouwen, again, I love 
you know, if you want to follow anyone, follow Henry Nouwen on, on, on social media. He's long truly dead, but people are going, uh, carrying on his messages. But he says this, the good news of the gospel is that, God, is that God is not a distant God, but he's a God who is involved in our pain. He's involved in our hardship. He's involved in our sickness, in our brokenness. I'm adding to it. And he participates in the full of human suffering. That's the good news of a kingdom. That's what Jesus is saying when he says, come to me. You're as rusty as I am in your responses. Like, <laughs> we're getting there. And so, like, in the time that we have, have left this morning, we want to just to take a pause and look collectively as Maharangi Vineyard. Where I want to pause over the next, I think, two or three weeks and, and just pause at the crossroad that this season brings, not with an unhelpful view that somehow this year everything is going to go well, but with a realistic, Christ-centered focus of what's going on around us. And I want to do that collectively. I know we all have that individually. As individuals, we have that as our, as our families, but we also have that as our church. And if you're here visiting and you're part of another church family, I want you to do that as well for your church family. But for us, we as Maharangi Vineyard, we, we have some things that are really worthwhile pausing and looking at. One of which being a significant pullback. Matt mentioned it a little bit. A significant pullback of people who are willing and able to lend a hand and to serve in, in all of the areas of responsibility and all of the areas that make Maharangi Vineyard work. We've seen an, a, a significant pulling back of giving and, of, and yet an increase, like all of us have, in expenses. This is getting really exciting. You're loving this, aren't you? Um, We've got a crucial, crucial um, vacancy for a youth pastor that we've, we've done a lot of work in trying to fill and have yet not filled it. And yet, and two, we as a leadership team have this ever-increasing sense and stirring and discontent that this is not the home of Maharangi Vineyard has been for a long time, but it isn't anymore, or it's, it doesn't feel like it will be. And then we also have a deep conviction that, that Maharingi Vineyard is here for such a time as this, that our community and our nation and our world needs the church more than ever that it is the hope of this world. And there are lots of people who do lots of good, and there's wonderful things the government can do, and there's wonderful things that, that lots of things can do, but this world needs the church to be the church. We need, they need it. Whether they know it or not, they need it. And so any one of those things, talk about a heavy burden. Like any one of those things, if we were to take on and try to carry in our own strength and in our own steam, talk about feeling the weight of burden that just doesn't even allow you to take one step forward. They're crushing in and of themselves if we think of them as problems we need to solve. 
without Jesus. That's the beauty. That's the overwhelming profundity, I love that word, of Jesus' invitation to come to me. Bring those things. As a church, we have a pathway. As Jeremiah said, we have a well-worn godly path to carry, to bring all of those heavy burdens to God, to bring them to Jesus, to involve him in our decision-making, to, to lean on him, to bring our struggles, to bring our hopes to him. Now, why don't you come on up? But the rest of the time we have together, I wanted to invite um, now just to share a little bit about one of those, one of those things that I mentioned, which is, is the area of our youth and our young people. And now I was going to share a little bit about the looking around as far as where we are, but also we've got some, some invitations for us as we go forward. Hello, hello. Can I grab some real estate here? Thank you. Yep. Awesome. Very good. So um, for those of you that don't recognize me because I've since shaved my beard, um, it is Niall, um, youth pastor, or youth pastor, one of the youth uh, volunteers um, here at Mahudanga Vineyard. Maybe that um, was a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we carry on. Yeah. So um, just wanted to uh, just spend a bit of time connecting you in with a bit of an update as to, uh, I guess, reflecting on 2022, where we've uh, been with the youth and just some of the changes and um, you know requirement for all of us to be involved as we come into 2023. Um, <clears throat> so last year was was incredible. Um, just some I've got some data and context just to help um, paint a bit of a picture here. So we have we had around 46 youth in our community um, that came to our youth group last year to some to some capacity. Um, that doesn't include friends that were invited as a one-off um, or the junior youth that we that we have as well. On a Sunday night, um, which is uh, for the senior youth, year nine plus, uh, we consistently had around 15 to 20 youth, um, sometimes more, that would come um, and hang out. And, and just for some context there, uh, a lot of the youth that came are not even part of our church. Um, a lot of them are just community youth that, ha that go to school with some of, our, some of the youth that are here, um, which means that our youth here are spreading the word right, of youth group and, and coming to um, be part of a, a group where it's safe, it's peaceful, we can get to know God, we can have a lot of fun, and we can have some good food. We had 14 different guest speakers who came and shared their story um, with use, and some of them, um, by popular demand, uh, came back multiple times. Uh, we had many, many parents who uh, gave up their time and their shot off their culinary skills by um, feeding our youth on a Sunday night. So thank you so much to all those parents that helped, whether it was one meal in the year um, or you came multiple times. Uh, we did a number of social events um, for our youth, including cement works, um, uh, Martin's Bay event, bonfires, amazing races, ice skating, heading down to Life um, Church for combined services, heading down to Vineyard for combined services, uh, mini golf pizzas, um, quiz nights, and, and many more. Uh, and all of that um, has been encompassed and led beautifully by um, our logistics queen, Nikki Chapman. Um, so I'm not sure if she's here today, but we can uh, give her a bit of a thank you. Yep. That's as good as you get. Yeah, she like, wasn't here to receive it, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. She won't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and then in the front lines of it all, um, uh, three key people. So Sam Reif, Laura Morley, um, and myself. And uh, last year we were 
uh, in a pursuit of a youth pastor and, and we communicated that we had someone that, that looked really good. Unfortunately, fell short right at the last, last hurdle. But, um, but when those moments happen, you know, it, it's, it's, it's disheartening, right? But mm. we never have our tails between our legs. We never put our head in the sands. We look to God. Uh, and we have our eyes on Christ because we are the head and not the tail. And so we are very, very proud of the momentum that we carried through or that the Holy Spirit blessed us to carry through last year. We had COVID against us, lockdowns against us, you know, but through it all, we actually, we actually had a successful year. And the reason why I say that is because I caught up with a number of different church leaders who, um, who I have connections with. And we, I also met with a, um, a large youth organisation that helps youth groups around Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, and we had a bit of an interview um, session, which was, which was really cool. And what, we had, what I had sort of gathered from the conversations that I had is that um, a, a really close friend of mine who, who leads a, a youth group um, at a large church here in New Zealand, they, through COVID, lost 50% of the youth that have since never come back. And what they had realized was that it got to a point where they, it, was just, it was just an event. They, they had the worship songs, they had the message, but there was no depth of relationship they were building um, with the kids. And so they've actually since just completely changed their rhythm and how they do things to ensure that they're building that relationship with God. I know churches that have lost and replaced leaders consistently over the last two years, and that causes a lot of disruption within the youth. The organisation that I was talking to actually mentioned, and their words were complex, that a small-time church, is uh, how they referenced us, but a small-time church carried what we did. Every church has its challenges, and we are, no, we are no exception of that. And as we come into 2023, we face new challenges. The time and effort um, of those that have been on the front lines or those that are, that are involved um, at youth now is changing. Um, and so we have a need for all of us to be involved. And that, that can be done in different ways. So I'll just update you on sort of where we sit with the different youth groups that we have. Um, and then just some conclusion and action points that we can all take um, from here. So the Sunday morning youth, uh, which is year sevens and eights, um, there is a need um, for parents to be involved in helping to run that. In a similar way that um, we have tribe and um, and and creation, sometimes you know there's that need for parents um, to be involved with that. Then that that same principle now applies um, with our youth on a Sunday morning. Now, if that sounds scary, it's it would only be once a term, maybe even once every two terms, depending on how many parents can be involved. It's 30 to 40 minutes on a Sunday morning. So what we're going to do is create a roster. Uh, uh, for that, uh, we can help provide the content, it's games, it's a short message, really easy. But we need your help in order for that to work really well. I have a desire and a real pull in terms of my time in this next season um, for youth is to actually really invest into our older youth or the young adults um, that are sort of exiting out of that, that Sunday night sort of scene um, and just to create a discipleship program that I can really um, invest time into them. Because there's still that gap. And to be honest, when we look around, there's, there's not a lot of young adults here. And that's just not just here. That's in our community. Um, in, in the sense that are going to church. We've talked to neighbouring churches who say the same thing. And so 
what I would love is for this next generation of believers to rise up and actually be leaders here in Mahirangi Vineyard Church. Mm. Um, and so we'll send an email out um, to, um, um, to the parents whose children may be involved with that, um, just to make sure that you're okay and you're happy for that, um, for that to happen. Um, uh, but watch this space. Uh, the other one is a Sunday night, which is the year nine plus. At the moment, that's unknown territory. Um, that is where uh, the youth pastor really comes in on a practical sense. Uh, not only that, but I've mentioned before, there's this desire that, that there's, it's more, it's not just a Sunday night, there needs to be more that happens between the Sundays, right? There needs to be that connection, that, uh, that reaching out, the, the ability for, for a youth to be able to come to a youth pastor midweek and say, I'm having this trouble, I'd love, I'd love to connect or I'd love to pray or whatever, whatever it might be. But at the moment, or what it was last year, it was very much Sunday to Sunday. And we want that to change, but in order for that to change, you need to be in a position like a full-time, like a youth pastor, whether it's 20 hours a week or, or otherwise, to be able to spend that time where that is your focus. That is your area that you spend your weeks in day in, day out. And so just to conclude with some action points from here, what we're going to do is email out to everyone in the church here uh, the job description for a youth pastor. And what we would love for you to do is to spread that out within your networks. People that you know, friends, family, whoever might be, get the message out and let's see if we can find a youth pastor that God has blessed and ordained to be here. Mm. The other thing to do is pray. The power of prayer. To pray and then pray some more. Mm. That God will bring forth someone that is right for this position. At the end of the day, it's, it's work. It's hard work. There's a scripture uh, in Philippians 1 verse 29 that says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. We know that suffering brings forth life. Jesus suffered the greatest suffering in order for us that we may have life. A woman will suffer in order to bring forth life. Men and women suffer every day in their, in their work, whether they whether it's their passion or, or not, there is an element that is required of you in order to suffer that you may bring forth life, bring forth revenue and income that you may bless your family, especially in this tough time. Suffering is a realm that God works in hmm. and that when we can, we can bring our suffering to him, as Lyndon has been talking about, then God can bless that and bring life from it. But it needs to be more than just a role that's filled takes time, mental space, energy, commitment, resources. It takes passion, desire, a love for Jesus, a love for youth, and someone that is trustworthy. So we'll create a roster for the Sunday mornings. If you can't help for whatever reason, then please come see me after church today, and I'd love just to, just to chat that through, or maybe there's another area of capacity that you're, that you're able to give. We'll email you an update, especially the parents, um, just in terms of the, what you can expect um, over the sh short term as we're in pursuit, hot pursuit uh, for a youth pass and the different um, things that are happening, just so you're clear on that. Also, we have a grand desire for our youth to go to Easter camp um, this year. Uh, whenever we've gone, it, it's, been, it's been wonderful. I don't know who here has been to an Easter camp at some point, um, but they are memorable moments for our youth. When it, when it comes to things like camps, those are the things that the youth really, really remember. And uh, 
in this season, um, Sam, um, who is also one of the, has been one of the youth leaders here, he's getting married um, that weekend. We're going along to that. And so um, what we do need is a parent help in order for that to happen. Now, we have connections with the other vineyards that go down, and we do go down together. So it is easy in that sense, but it's just time. Bodies that can be present um, to help with that. So if you have any questions around that, you may have some burning questions, some concerns perhaps, um, please do come see me after church. I'd love to chat, chat it through, just update you as to where things are at. Um, but the, the heart of what we are doing here is that there is a need. There is a desire that as a church we can pull through. There is a, a desire and, and, a, and an understanding knowing that when we do our part in the natural, when we do our part in the controllable then God can bless us by working in the impossible. That while we may not control the outcomes, we can control the next thing in front of us with all of our heart and trust God for the outcome. In Proverbs 21, verse 31, uh, 31 it says, A man prepares his horse for the day of battle, but it is the Lord that brings the victory. Joy Seeing you up here playing the drums, I just I wanted to kick off with this, but absolutely amazing. Yeah. Seeing you in your element. And just as we um, had that time, um, just waiting on the Holy Spirit and just sort of listening in, I really felt like the Holy Spirit impressed in my heart that he is looking at you and the music that you play, it's a worship to the Lord, and he says, it is good. Mm. That's right. Father, I just pray for joy that her worship, her music would echo to this nation. Mm. That her worship would echo to the heavens. Mm. And God, that you would use her to do a great work. Mm. So we'll leave it there, but um, just wanted to, to, to give you an update as to where youth is at and the new things that are coming. We are super excited, by the way. So this isn't... This isn't let's not be a people that look at the promised land and go, the giants are too big. Hmm. But let's have a spirit that fell upon Caleb and Joshua to say, we can take this land. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Even though we cannot see the next thing in front of us, we will trust in the Lord. And understand that through suffering, which may look like giving time, giving resources, produces life. And really, ultimately, what's our choice? What's our other option? Do, we, do any of us really want to be part of a church that says, ah, oh, youth, they're overrated. You know, like, uh, you know, like, are they really worth all the energy and time and it takes to put into them? You know, like, like do we? What, what other choice do we have but to contend to fight. And when we say pray, I mean, like we've all been committed, oh, I'll pray for you, and you never think of them ever again. Um, can I ask that you don't go to bed without praying for a youth pastor for Maharangi Vineyard? Can I ask that you don't get out of bed before praying for a youth pastor for Maharangi Vineyard? Can I ask that you don't go sit down for a meal without praying for God to make a way in this area for our children, for our young people, for the young people of our community to really pray that nothing is going to happen without prayer? 
Nothing of anything good. I mean, and it's easy. It's so easy. Now that we didn't put our tail between our legs and our head in the sand. I don't know. I've got a little bit of sand in my hair. I think I did, I did for a while. But, but it's kind of that thing of when, when what we thought was going to happen last year didn't happen. Um, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, I definitely put my head in the sand and my tail between my legs for a while and felt very sorry for myself. But one of the things that we did was come away from it and know that, well, so what do we want? One of the things we want is we want someone who someone knows. Do you know, it's, it's a role that's too important just to put it out on seek. Not that there's anything wrong with seek, but, do you know, or put it on trade me jobs. You, you need to know who this person is, and someone needs to know someone. And so that's where the responsibility gets pushed out among all of us, that we all know people that not everyone else knows. And we all have an opportunity to be able to spread the word, and someone will know someone who knows someone who's made for such a time as this. A couple of people do, but why don't we stand? <laughs>